the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. We're in whiteout conditions. I mean, it's it's hard to see, you know, the outdoors from six stories up here at Seven Parkway Center. Uh, snow's coming down, so if you're on the roadways, I guess, you know, the ubiquitous, uh, be careful out there. Kath is not even uh, with us here today. She's, again, Zooming from her spare room because of uh, uh, medical uh, concerns. Kath, how are you doing? <laughs> medical concerns. <laughs> Sounds like I have, I don't know what, like I have tuberculosis or something. I don't know. <laughs> or, or, or some kind of mental health crisis. She has a wound, me. a wound on her head. I have head. had a mental health crisis in the past. Never tuberculosis. This time it was just... Maybe you had uh, maybe you had your ears pierced or something like that, and you were just like had to take some time off. Oh, oh. listen, that was very problematic. I didn't have my ears pierced until I was uh, maybe thirty-five. You're a late bloomer in many ways, right? I mean, you, thank you. you. Thank you very much. You had your um, braces put on. Was that around the same time? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine for braces. Thirty-five mm-hmm. for your ears pierced. Were mm-hmm. you thirty-seven or so when you learned how to ride a bike? 39, same year as I got braces. So what was going on all those years? Like, were you like in a pillow? Was that the deal? Were you like there was a, living in fear just, of the a, world? It's a long story, John. I just feel like on this um, afternoon drive program, we don't have time to plumb right, the depths right, of it all. Sorry, okay. Listen, uh, as, we, as we come in there, I lifted up my arm, my left arm, and I realized I had a tag on my, uh, on my uh, clothing. It's a brand like a tag new, from the dry cleaner? No, it's a, it's a brand new shirt. And I just took it out of the bag and put it on. It was oh from, my from gosh! Amazon. Who takes a bag out of the shirt? Oh, wait, the shirt out, out of the bag. bag. How, no, wait, let, let me back up. Yellow. Who takes the shirt out of a bag and puts it on? Me. How about a How about a washing machine? I'm not going to wash it. It's clean. What oh. am I going to wash it for? Oh my! It's, seriously, it's appalling. No, wait, wait. You're saying when you buy new clothes, you wash the clothes first? Always. What? Always. Always. I'm not doing that. No, I'm, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's no one's what, spilled. You just, what, what you assume that they come cleaned? It's a, it's they a were brand. Made, they were made in a factory. They probably, you know, you know what factories are like. You've been in factories. It's not like they're spilling oil on the shirt. I mean, I would I'm send not it saying back. there's oil on there, but you think that you think that's clean? Yeah, I know it's clean. Yeah, I look at it. It looks fine to me. <laughs> if you would log in, oh, we're not we're not streaming today. So you would see if we were streaming today, you could see the shirt, and people would say that looks like a fine shirt. Only problem was it had a tag on it, and and I didn't realize it until fifteen fifteen minutes ago. So all day long, I've been walking around with my you know my snazzy new green shirt, feeling all right. good about myself, going, "What a cluck! What the heck is?" <laughs> <laughs> Where's this? this guy just fall off the turnip truck? There's my new shirt. Hey, everybody, look at me. I mean, what the heck? Oh, that's a shame. Anyway, man. happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Thank to you. You. you as well. Thank you. A uh, little football uh, fatigue over the weekend? What mm. a weekend. I, th- I can't think of another time 
I enjoyed two days of football more. Yeah, that was a lot. But I get a little tired. Did you get tired? I mean, it was too much football. Of football? Yeah, I got a little too. T- I mean, really. Well, I think four. I think four games in two days is my max. That's a lot. It really it is. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot. I, I had to step. I had to. I, I had to surrender a little bit and give my wife some TV time. You know, she was like, "Oh, that a, was nice of you." You know, here and I was like, "No, how dare you?" But you know, yeah. And so I missed the uh, a, a big chunk of the first game yesterday. I did see Tom Brady. Oh, the bleed. Rams. Yeah. 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 That was a terrific game. They, they were what all an terrific. Ending. The endings of all of them. Yeah. What? It's just it was. Really amazing. Last night's really game. Amazing. Oh my gosh, truly. I mean, you hear, you know, you read about people saying one of the best games in NFL history. Yes. You have yes. a hard time to refute that, would you not? Oh, it was just, I've, I, I told this to you earlier when we were talking and you agreed. I'm going to say it again. I, I felt so fortunate to have watched it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that, like, that is the best reality TV you will ever see. Without a doubt, right? In real time, high emotions. The get- best thing about it was for us is we had no skin in the game, so, you know. Oh, it made it so much better. Oh, my goodness. If you're a Bills fan, are you not oh, weeping in your pillow today? Hmm? That's a shame. Would have just cried yeah. a river. Yeah. And maybe after this, they'll change the rules. That the, uh, you know, and the overtime rules, at least yeah. both teams got a chance to touch the ball. You have I to, never, I've never liked that. No, I've never stupid. liked that. But how often do you have two offenses that are that skilled and are able to do what they were doing? That just doesn't happen. I mean, you've seen overtime games. Yeah. We saw several sealer overtime games this year. It's not like we were concerned <laughs> no, that, the, well. that the offenses were so powerful that they were going to well, score right away. That's a whole other story. But I think more than anything, it's probably like a TV network thing. Like, we're not going to spend the extra time. I think it's a TV thing, right? Well, I don't think it's a t- – well, I, I don't know because I'm not on the TV side. But it just seems like they've gone back and forth between the college rules, the pro rules. They've, You know what I mean? They kind of – the college rules right now is each person each, – each person, each team gets a chance – and then if the first team scores a touchdown, the second team has to score a touchdown. Right. right. But they both get to touch the ball, which seems more fair to me. Hey, yeah, 100% fair. I mean, you come all the if, way. What if those were the rules that we were in place last night? The game would still be going on. Maybe. Just a fabulous game. Sorry to see it end. I really was. Anyway, without further ado, Kath, we always start the, uh, the top of the show with the, the news stories of the day. Uh, this day is uh, the same as everything else as far as that's concerned. So please uh, give us the top four at four. All right, John, for Monday, January 24th, it's my niece's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Janelle. 2022. Number one. The tense conflict over Ukraine shifted further into what the Washington Post today calls full crisis mode amid growing fears that tens of thousands of Russian troops massed near Ukraine might soon be on the move. NATO said it would send additional ships and fighter jets to Eastern Europe. That followed reports that the Biden administration was considering sending thousands of U.S. forces as well as armaments to reinforce NATO allies in Poland and the Baltics and imposing new export controls aimed at damaging strategic Russian industries. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Russia was watching NATO's moves and President Putin was, quote, taking measures to ensure that our security and our interests are properly protected. And of course, Western nations began taking the kind of dramatic steps reserved for what The Washington Post again calls the eve of anticipated armed action. 
Britain ordered diplomats and their families to leave Ukraine. The U.S. ordered families to leave Ukraine. The State Department also cautioned American citizens to continue to consider leaving Ukraine. NATO said today its members are putting forces on standby and sending additional ships and fighter jets to NATO deployments in Eastern Europe. Man, isn't that scary? Sure is. Number two. The U.S. food system, John, under renewed strain as Omicron stretches workforces from processing plants to grocery stores, leaving gaps on all of our supermarket shelves. Have you been looking for something, John, that you haven't been able to find on the shelf? Uh, you know, I don't. I was in the pet food aisle the other day. and, and Yes, I, pet food is where I notice it the most. Holy smokes. Yeah. There's no cat food. Listen, I put a... Um, I put a photograph on our uh, Facebook page of Rite Aid on Saturday night, the mm. cough drop aisle. Oh, Fisherman's Did you see that picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Something else. Anyway, the Wall Street Journal says that in Arizona, one in 10 processing plants and distribution workers at a major produce company were recently out sick. In Massachusetts, employee illnesses have slowed the flow of fish to supermarkets and restaurants. And a grocery chain in the southeastern part of the U.S. had to hire temporary workers after roughly one third of their employees fell ill. Really? I'm going to start hoarding frozen it is, pizzas. It, it's a, no kidding. Food industry execs and analysts warn that the situation could persist for weeks or months, even as the current wave of infection eases. And let me remind you, of course, that two years ago, we were dealing with empty shelves for a different reason, when, of course, crazy people were grabbing pallets of toilet paper and Lysol wipes. Remember that? <laughs> and then, of I course, did. last year, no one had pumpkin for Thanksgiving. I did. Anyway. Now some executives say supply challenges are worse than ever. The lack of workers leaves a broader range of products in short supply, food industry executives said, with availability sometimes changing daily. And number three, check this out. Police in the Dutch city of Amsterdam discovered a stowaway hidden in the nose wheel of a cargo plane arriving from Africa. Military police identified the man as a 22-year-old from Nairobi, Kenya, who has now applied for asylum in the Netherlands. Police are investigating the travel route and whether there is any question of human smuggling. The man is believed to have slipped on board the plane before it left Johannesburg. Flight times between Johannesburg and Amsterdam, 11 and a half hours. He was outside the plane. Freezing cold. Our first concern, of course, was for his health, and authority said, this is definitely very unusual that someone was able to survive the cold right. at such a height. Right. Quite remarkable the man is still alive. Mm-hmm. Number four. One of the most epic football games in the history of the NFL was played last night, as we've already talked about. And if you missed it, I'd figure out some way to watch the complete game replay immediately. Because the final two minutes and overtime of the AFC divisional round game between Kansas City and Buffalo was a jaw-dropping display of why America and all of us are addicted to football. Listen to this. The lead changed hands three times in the final two minutes of regulation. In the last two minutes of regulation and overtime, there were 31 points scored. The teams averaged 12.8 yards per play during the last four scoring drives. Pat Mahomes was effusive in victory, tearing across the field as the game ended to personally congratulate, console, praise, whatever it is, Josh Allen. I'm afraid, John, the Super Bowl will be a real disappointment. And that's your top four at four. Very nice. All right. Uh, the Monday show is up and underway. We'll take a quick break. Step away. As we always do every Monday, we go to the White House. Greg Clarkston will join us from SRN News. He'll give us an update on what's happening around the world and in the nation's capital. Stay around. It's the uh, Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM. 
101.5 WORD. Your station for Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 1.30 on 101.5 WORD. You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds, paint waves on the walls, and cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffat forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. If you're watching, if you're reading, it feels as though the world is on red alert, as I think a lot of people are looking at Russia and Ukraine and the Biden administration and how that will react or not. Here to talk to us in his regular weekly slot is Greg Clugston. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. He always brings us up to date on the issues happening in the nation's capital and around the world. And Greg, happy Monday to you. Thanks for coming along. Oh, you bet, John. Hi, Kathy, as well. Good to be back, as always. Yeah, Greg. Boy, um, nerve-wracking times in Ukraine. Uh, it looks like, you know, both Britain and the U.S. have called their people out, said, hey, if you're an American citizen, you're a British citizen, time to get out. Um, that's never a good sign. So uh, what are we hearing from the White House about what American or NATO involvement might look like? 
Well, the very latest coming from the Pentagon just in the last hour or two here in Washington is that 8,500 U.S. troops have been put on heightened alert for possible deployment to sort of the eastern zone or the eastern flank of the NATO alliance uh, region. So apparently the Pentagon says that no American troops are scheduled to be deployed actually to Ukraine, but this is part of a coordinated effort that the U.S. has uh, been uh, talking about for some time now over the last number of weeks with its European allies. In fact, President Biden was on a secure video call from the Situation Room at the White House last hour with several top European leaders and um, country prime ministers and presidents to talk about consultation about not only diplomatic efforts to try and defuse the situation with with Russia building up its troops along the Ukraine border, but also looking at possible, um, you know, other options and movements, including the possibility of moving in military. So, John, when you said alert, that's exactly what the uh, U.S. military has been put on here this afternoon. So, Greg, can you tell us, perhaps in the broadest sense, because we've going to get limited time, what exactly does Russia want from this? Why do they want to go in and invade Ukraine, if that's the case? Russia is unhappy with the possibility that Ukraine could, at some point in the future, be welcomed into the NATO alliance. Uh, Moscow would see that, sees that as a threat. Uh, just for the record, there are no immediate plans for Ukraine to become a NATO member, although it obviously is a former Soviet state. And so essentially what uh, the demand from Moscow and President Putin is, is that NATO absolutely says no to Ukraine now or in the future. And also Russia would like to uh, to scale back uh, the NATO alliance uh, area and troops uh, that are in that region of uh, of Eastern Europe and Western Europe. And so uh, these are non-starters for the most part, especially the idea of precluding the idea that Ukraine would ever in the future become a member. I see. And so NATO is holding firm on that. So then a little taste of freedom, if that was the case for Ukraine, would in some ways bleed into Russia at some point. So this is a stopgap measure. Yeah, that's the concern from from Moscow, as they have put it. Now, there have been some high-level diplomatic conversations just in the last few days. Last week, the Secretary of State Blinken met with the foreign minister uh, of Russia uh, at talks in Geneva face-to-face for 90 minutes, and they're still unable to uh, to announce any sort of breakthrough in these talks. Obviously, diplomatic efforts are ongoing, and diplomacy is hoped for, a peaceful outcome. But there are some 100,000 troops along the, uh, the the Ukraine border of uh, that Russia has sent in. And even though Moscow says there are no intentions to invade, uh, you have it, that's hard to uh, that's hard to swallow for a lot of the Western countries and U.S. allies who are looking at sure. the situation. Of course, uh, President Biden has made some uh, confusing statements over the last week and a half or so in regard to the issue. Um, and so the the evening before his uh, first anniversary in office, he had an incredibly long news conference. Um, and so I'm, so at that point, it seemed like he wasn't interested or didn't see the need or was kind of um, soft peddling what an incursion into Ukraine by Russia would be. Um, since then, of course, he's had to back things up. Is that just a confusion in, in how he was speaking, or has he really changed his outlook since last Wednesday? Yeah, it's it's a little uncertain. I, I think when he talked about this uh, possibility of a minor incursion, mm. it probably was a, a slip up or, or a misuse of language because the White House had been very clear up until that point 
that if there was a crossing of the of the border by Russia into Ukraine, that there would be severe consequences. And primarily up until just just the last few days, those consequences have been spelled out as being severe economic consequences, uh, all sorts of uh, sanctions and such. To, to a level that has not previously been seen, according to the White House. But at that news conference, Kathy, he said that um, if if Russia were to engage in a minor incursion, and of course, what is a minor incursion? That raises all sorts of questions. You've got troops on the border, and if they move in, uh, it's an incursion, major right. or minor. Mm-hmm. Um, the thinking was that the president was thinking that perhaps uh, not a military physical movement across the border, but if there were other measures, if there were some attacks, uh, some cyber attacks from from Russia into Ukraine, those kinds of things that are that would, that would not be seen as a full scale invasion, that there might be some sort of reciprocal response from the U.S. and its allies. But you're right. It did cause confusion. And immediately the White House and the National Security Council, they put out statements within an hour or less after that news conference to clarify the comments. And the president the next day at an event unrelated to Ukraine began his remarks by by talking about what his policy is uh, regarding Russia and Ukraine. So the White House was in a cleanup mode last week, absolutely. I see. So talk to us about that news conference, Greg. Um, you know, I know that, uh, especially with COVID right now, there's a lot of pooling that goes on. Sometimes you appear at the press conferences representing, the, the you know, the radio industry. Uh, it was a, a record-setting, apparently, length of a press conference over two hours long. Can you talk to us about uh, your perspective and uh, what you heard? Right, I was uh, I was in the East Room. I was uh, one of the uh, one of the members of the of the press pool, and it was a lengthy conversation. Uh, there was a thirteen or fourteen minute opening statement by the president. That's a fairly typical thing at these formal news conferences. And then at about the hour long mark, after taking questions from about nine or ten reporters, it sounded as if he was wrapping up. And then he said, uh, kind of in a back and forth with reporters, "Do you want to keep going, or how long should we go?" Really. <laughs> And he kept going and uh, finally a second time looked down at his watch and said, look, I'll go another 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, when it was all done, it was about an hour and 50 minutes, almost okay. two hours long. Uh, there was all kinds of commentary uh, as to whether or not it actually served Joe Biden well by going that long mm-hmm. uh, f- for a couple of reasons. One, for the for the question that you just raised, the point you just raised, Kathy, about the minor incursion comment, that right. was that was really uh, not not a great moment for for him or for the White House on a very delicate and sensitive issue right now regarding Russia. Um, and so when you have those kinds of issues pop up at a at a long event like that, it, it raises questions as to whether he should have taken as many questions as he did, although the press corps typically likes to have that interaction with him. It's not very frequent that we have with Joe Biden after one year in office the sort of formal question and answer session like this that allows for follow-ups and a deeper discussion on several of these important topics. I see. So then the press corps gets to see, and then, of course, the country does as well, uh, Joe Biden's mental acuity, right? I mean, he did fall into a few rabbit holes. Sometimes um, he didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that's been a concern uh, from from a number of people. A lot of American voters are, are are concerned about his health or have questions about it. In fact, that was a very pointed question from one of the reporters who was actually talking about some po- recent poll findings 
that showed that there was a sizable percentage of the American public that had questions about his uh, mental fitness and physical fitness for, for the job, uh, being you know the oldest president uh, first elected to uh, to that office. And so th- those questions do come up. And it's interesting because this White House has been very protective of the, the president in these kinds of settings over the past year. But what's interesting is if there are few of these kinds of occasions when, in fact, they do happen as they did last Wednesday, then there's there's uh, added there's an amplified spotlight on yeah, those events sure. as we saw on Wednesday. Sure. And it also seems like from some of the reporting I've read that there were some conservative outlets that were able to ask questions that maybe they hadn't been able to ask of the president in the past. I read about one uh, reporter who was pushing the president on why he didn't push um, the Chinese premier on where the coronavirus came from. Like, why why didn't you get on him about that? And was that because of your uh, son's involvement? Not in the coronavirus, but in in regards to his involvement in, in the country. Right. What happened is after the first hour uh, where the president was really and, and presidents from both uh, political parties do this, they have a list that the press office has, has worked with them. Uh, it's not in conjunction necessarily with with actual news reporters and media organizations, but there's a list of the sort of the legacy or mainstream media outlets that the president wants to call on. And so he went down sure. through that list. And after about an hour, he started just picking anybody who had their hand raised or who caught his attention. And so there were a couple of outlets, uh, including Newsmax and uh, the New York Post got a question in that was fairly pointed. And uh, so, yes, that that does happen. And so when he sort of went off that the script of at least the list of of people to call on, then things opened up a little bit more. Interesting. We're talking with Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg and SRN News at wordfm.com. So, Greg, uh, let's continue talking about the the Biden administration. Uh, It feels as though uh, all um, efforts to build back better and all the different agendas the Biden administration had coming into office a year ago, they've all but stalled. Right. That was really the other interesting story that came out of last week's press conference was an acknowledgement by President Biden that the Build Back Better legislation, nearly $2 trillion price tag, and has been a major, major focus, uh, you know, for, for months by the White House, multiple speeches and travel and, and working with members of Congress and especially working with members of his own Democratic Party to get enough votes. He didn't have enough votes even with Democrats, and that's why it didn't get over the finish line. And so what happened is he basically said, we're not going to get it through as we had hoped. And so he uh, he used the word big chunks, meaning he hopes to basically divide that larger piece of legislation into some smaller bills and try and get enough support to pass them. So it was it was an acknowledgement that uh, their plan uh, in terms of the White House agenda was not going to move forward as as was planned. And then, of course, uh, last week, you had this effort by Democrats to change the Senate filibuster rules on a voting reform legislation, and that also failed. And these have been two major priorities for the Democratic Party, and they're simply going nowhere right now. Mm. All right, Greg, uh, almost time for you to leave us. But before you do, I want to bring up the fact that it's National Peanut Butter Day. Hey. And I wonder uh, if that's an important holiday that you observe. <laughs> I, I observe it many days of the year. Actually. Do you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're also going to be talking about the brands in order of popularity in America. And I wonder if you're uh, particular to one. Well, we've we've purchased the same brand, I think, for a, a long time, just because it just happens to be at the warehouse, you know, the food warehouse. That we what shop. is that? Wait, what is that brand? It is Jif. 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 Smooth or chunky? 
I think we, we buy smooth for the mm-hmm. most part. Now, when yeah. you're saying we, I, I like that... both, I like both, but uh, our family, I think, as a uh, as a democratic unit, has uh, uh-huh. voted that uh, creamy is. Uh, the best for everybody involved, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's safer. It's very diplomatic. So. Yeah, right. I mean, everybody kind of had yeah. a vote, and yeah. uh, most people like the creamy. So, I mean, no. the last thing you want to do is have a nut stuck in your throat. I mean, I'm not no. doing that, right? I mean, no, heck. no, especially for broadcasters, we've got to stay away there from pretzels go. and peanuts at airtime. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. John learned that the hard way. I'll oh, tell I you. I have. Greg sort of suffered there. <laughs> That's anyway. Greg Clugston, SRN News White well, House correspondent. Thank, Greg, you, Greg. thank you, Always a pleasure. Have a good week, guys. You Thanks. as well. Thank you. Uh, okay, so we'll take a quick break. When we do come back, I think so. Cat, uh, let the peanut out of the bag. We're going to talk about this some more. Is, is Greg's brand the top brand in America? Oh, well, we're going to go there. What is your top brand? We'll find out next. Breaking news. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. We all know healthcare costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Want to be a more effective disciple maker in 2022? Crossroads Ministries in Finleyville presents Refuel One Day Pittsburgh, Tuesday, January 25th. A free event for pastors, ministry teams, and community leaders to come together, be inspired, and learn what effective disciple makers do to better impact our world. Featuring Thomas Road Baptist Church Senior Pastor Jonathan Falwell and leaders of the Liberty Church Network, 9 to 3. 3 p.m. January 25th, lunch will be provided. Register free of charge at CrossroadsMinistries.com. Losing sleep over a stressful job or a bad boss? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Connect on the Express Jobs app or ExpressPros.com. More than half a million people find work with Express each year. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. 
For tonight, snow at times accumulating 1 to 2 inches. Storm total snowfall 1 to 3 inches. We'll see a low of 23. Cloudy skies tomorrow morning with a couple of flurries, then a blend of sun and clouds for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 25. Mostly cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a low of 7. Bitterly cold Wednesday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 17. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. National Peanut Butter Day falls on this date. Yeah. And so, therefore, I celebrate. Do you have a jar of peanut butter at your at your house right now? I sure do. Mm. I sure do. And this probably won't surprise anybody who listens regularly to the show that I have a particular kind. Really? That I like. Okay. And I, we'll, we'll get into that. But I think more important than that, way more important, is how Americans feel about peanut butter. So I, I, I did a little bit of a dive today to determine... What are the best-selling brands of peanut butter in America? This is as of April 21. No, wait a second. You, so you bring something up here because I never thought about this. You say how Americans feel about peanut butter. So is peanut butter like a – I wonder if it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's a very good question. It, it's – I mean hmm. – I wonder. I mean, you know, like, you know, in Ukraine, are they eating peanut butter right now? Nutella's – I mean, Nutella's a much – when I was in Europe, Nutella's everywhere. In oh, yes. everything, right, 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 right. You know what I mean? But that, but I don't remember seeing peanut butter as much. Mm-hmm. Peanut I don't butter. know though. I wasn't there for long enough to be able to tell. You ever give your dog peanut butter? Oh my gosh! Uh, they, I don't have a dog. They love it so much, but then they have to suffer because they can't. You know, because it's like the, you know trying to get it off the roof of your mouth. I mean, dog doesn't understand. He's got to do that. But you know, right? Anyway, yeah. Do you ever give your cat peanut butter? No. Why you think it's unhealthy? I don't know. I mean, I would assume it is most like. I don't, I don't. I don't know. Just a little bit, you know. I give them their little science diet canned cat food that I give them every day. Right, but no peanut butter. Anyway, I digress. No peanut butter. Okay, so you're gonna anyway. go from like. Well, I have not. I have nine to one. Not. Did you know that there were nine brands of peanut butter? Just nine. Well, I'm, there are probably more, but these are the top nine. Because I can guarantee you, we're number ten. <laughs> I know that. I know that. For, my wife's wait, always. Why do you say that? Because she'll buy like some, you know. Uncle Bob's peanut butter. Okay, wait, like that. like that's some, included. Some that's kind of crazy off brand. You kind of go, that's where included. Did this come from? Okay, let really? me tell you this. Okay. Just from Kresge's. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, almost six million people buy Smart Balance Creamy, which is an all natural peanut butter option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's number nine. Eight is Planters Creamy Peanut Butter. Oh. Now, apparently, this is a saltier peanut butter oh, that'd be, than the others. I bet it's pricey. I bet it's delicious. Mm, I'm sure it is. I don't think More I've ever salt. had it. I mean, I you know, I love salt. It's really a shame. Number seven. Okay. Oh, already? Okay. I've got to be quick. Okay. Seven, John Hershey's. They're the ones that like, they like mix all the candy in with the peanut butter. Who wants that? I know. I don't want any of that. Six is Smuckers. Remember the goober? You know, do you mix the peanut oh, butter yeah, and yeah, the jelly yeah, sure, in the sure. same jar? I mean, how lazy, do you have, how lazy do you have to be? Oh, five, is, five is Nutella, which isn't even peanut butter. Right. Which is kind of funny. Four is Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Number three is where you come in, store brand. Off brand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Store brand is whatever you want it to be. It's the Target spread. It's the Whole Food 365. Right. It's Trader Joe's. It's all of that. That's number three. Number two is Skippy, which means mm-hmm. you know what number one is. Jif. Mm-hmm. Jif. It's the one. Very nice. Uh, it Since 1956, according to the study findings, 117 million people consumed it in 2020. Do you like that's a, a lot. That's a, like half of the country. It's a lot of peanut butter. 
Do you like peanut butter on bread or peanut butter on crackers? I like peanut butter on a banana. A banana? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I do that. You've like, never had it? I have, but it's not like, you know, hey, <gasps> there's a banana and a peanut butter together. I'm just not going to. Oh, my not, gosh. It's my favorite thing in the world. Christy, do you love that? I absolutely what? love that. Really? Yes. Oh, it's one of my favorite things really? in the world. No, because I want a banana. I just want the, you know, the banana. I don't want to mix no, the two. Banana no. and peanut butter is so perfect. All right. Okay. There's nothing bad about it. Let's take a quick break. We do come back. So Greg Clugston's uh, peanut butter, John, was the peanut butter. Number one. He's number one. Great. March for Life was Friday. Charlie Camosi is going to join us in a few minutes. He's got an update about the optimism at this 49th annual March for Life. 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Spiritual warfare is real and it's dangerous. But this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie reacquaints us with the protective armor the Lord has given us to fight victoriously. Tune in for the finale of our most requested messages of the year. Insight on spiritual warfare and a study of Noah. This week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. Weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That is WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Pit Cycles is proud to be the new home of Pittsburgh Triumph. This is John Stoggerwald, and to celebrate, I'll be live on location February 3rd for the grand opening of the newly redesigned Pittsburgh Triumph showroom. Join me from 3 to 6 p.m. and check out the entire Triumph line, featuring over 30 bikes on the floor, including three models never before seen in this country. It's all happening February 3rd. I have a feeling it's going to be a Triumph. Pittsburgh Triumph in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Details at pitcycles.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive but when we just come out and say it it feels like it falls a bit flat so we're going to use humor but we don't want to insult your intelligence so nothing too goofy and we need to avoid any polarizing topics oh and it has to be about how you can save big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive you know what maybe humor is a bad idea yeah it's never going to work progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates discount not available in all states or situations 
Here we go. Last Friday afternoon was the 49th annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. And I think for the first time, perhaps ever, there was a really heightened sense of optimism about the March for Life and what's happening in the Supreme Court. Charles Camosi is with us. Dr. Camosi is professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University, author of five books, including his most recent, Losing Our Dignity, How Secularized Medicine is Undermining Fundamental Human Equality. Dr. Camosi, Charlie, welcome back. John, hey, Gabby. Yeah, so Charlie, so we're living in a in what could become a different era. And so I'm wondering what that, you know, how much of that carried over to the March for Life, what that was like, if it was different. What do you hear about it? Well, I think there might be a little bit of a difference between those of us of a certain age and those of us who are younger, because um, for many of us of a certain age, we've been here before. Mm -hmm. So uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Yep. If anything, was uh, maybe even more certain that this was going to all change, and we were sure we had the votes and we had voted for the right people to get the right people on the Supreme Court. Um, so I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm, I guess I'm coming into it, and a few of people my age and a little older are coming to this with a healthy dose of skepticism and saying, you know, again, we've we've been here before, we've been burned before. That said, I do think, especially with younger people, there's this sense that um, that this is different, that this might be the last March for Life that um, protests a viable law called Roe versus Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which kind of replaced it. So there was a significant amount of joy, or at least hopeful, um, looking forward kind of feeling. I'm not sure what to, hope certainly um, that maybe didn't exist in past uh, at past marches for sure. Right. I mean, Charlie, I, I was shocked to see you know a lot of uh, uh, young people holding up signs saying "We are the post road generation." I've never considered that before, but there it was, you know, kind of in black and white. I certainly hope they're right. <laughs> I certainly hope they're right. Yeah. Um, and we need to be thinking about whether or not um, the the decision goes our way. And maybe there's multiple ways it could go our way. Um, we certainly need to be thinking about what a post-Roe uh, generation looks like and how the pro-life movement should think about itself. But again, I just hope I just hope we don't, we aren't getting a little ahead of ourselves. Here right. Okay, so that you bring up a really good point. Say, in fact, that the Supreme Court does say we're going to do away with Roe v. Wade, then this would generally go to states' rights, and each state would decide uh, what is applicable for them uh, as far as abortion is concerned and abortion access, right? That's right. I mean, there's. I get frustrated, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know I get frustrated about polling companies um, asking about Roe versus Wade rather than about specific kinds of abortions because lots of people have no idea what Roe versus Wade is or does or uh, mm -hmm. or anything or even some so a good chunk don't even know that the issue is about abortion so or the decision was about abortion yeah. so um, let's ridiculous. start there. We, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't know what what, but you're right to say that if it were overturned, um, uh, likely what would happen is that the justices would would not make abortion illegal in any sense. They'd basically just say, "Hey, this was wrongly decided. States should be dealing this with this rather than the federal government. Mm -hmm. It's not a constitutional issue in this in this way." And so in my state of New Jersey, for instance, the response to this has been to try to re-enshrine and make even abortion more available. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's happening in California right now. New York did this a little bit ago. Um, so while certain states like Texas and probably Ohio and a few others are going to significantly, uh, Louisiana, uh, um, limit abortion, 
Um, other states are not not much will change at all. In fact, it might become more available. Yeah. So the post row world is is not like the dream come true for every pro lifer. Right. It's just it's a it's it's going to be a different landscape, and it's going to be very demanding um, of someone who calls himself uh, pro life, as this last era has been. Uh, one of the things, Charlie, that you've written about so well is how what a high calling it is to to put the pro life label on yourself, and uh, very humbling to realize how often we fall short of that. And, um, and, and so to me, when I think of a post-war world, I'm just overcome with like the need for repentance and evaluation. And one of those moments when you say, okay, so what does this require of us? And and do we have what it takes? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a monumental effort to try to unseat, um, or put it positively to really fight for prenatal justice and justice for women in states like New Jersey and California mm-hmm. and New York. I mean, I just, uh, especially with the backlash that is already here and certainly will come um, again, it might be even more ensconced in these states uh, than it was before. So we need to find different ways to think about talking to this. My column that I wrote um, for a, for a, the Los Angeles archdiocese called Angelus on, on the day of Roe versus or the day of the March for life was basically, we have to find, and I used to be on the board of Democrats for life trying to do this. We have to find, a way to reach Democrats on this issue or people who identify with the so-called yes. left. Right. I mean, there's really no other way to do this in states like California and Jersey without doing that. And that with the pro-life movement as it's currently constituted, at least those who have power in the movement, that's a really heavy lift because we've been um, with some reason, but I think, as you know, I think there are some questions to ask about this with some reason we've been identifying with the right or with Republicans for so long to try to get justices on the Supreme court to do what they hopefully will do um, this summer. And I can understand seeing that as a necessary first step, but we have to have a nonpartisan approach or maybe even think what, well, what does a progressive or liberal pro-life movement look like in those states to try to think about, to reach, um, reach those folks uh, with regard to prenatal justice and importantly support for women as well. Right. And it also, and I, 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 Sorry that I, I kind of walked over you there. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I got excited about what you were saying because it's something that I've thought about a lot, which is, are we, it's going to be a test of us. Are we really pro-life or are we just tied to our party? Um, because if we're just tied to our party, then we're not going to care about states where there, where Democrats are in power because they were stupid enough to, quote unquote, stupid enough to elect Democrats. But if we really care about the pro-life issue and if we really are authentically in our hearts, our minds pro-life, then we're going to have to find a way to reach across the aisle. I just don't see any other way. And, you know, speaking as fellow Christians here, I mean, where, where this comes from is is more primordially is a commitment to the gospel, right? That's the foundation here. And a commitment to the gospel transparently has had nothing, has nothing to do with left and right political binaries in the United States in the year 2022. I mean, give me a break. That has nothing to do with the gospel at all. So if if, it, if we really are motivated by gospel values, it should be not easy, but it should be not as heavy a lift to be able to say, you know what, um, this thing called Matthew twenty five that tells us that Christ comes to us and the least among us, those who are in the most who are most marginalized, um, the, that should be something that we should be able to translate fairly easily. In fact, to those who are more quote unquote on the left when it comes to politics. In fact if you look at the history of the pro-life movement, there wasn't a clear delineation between right and left at all in the, in the opening kind of mm-hmm. salvos of the movement in the sixties and seventies. It wasn't clear that you would be 
a Republican if you were pro-life at all back in the day. And so there really is this, and we're in the middle of a political realignment right now. Whatever you think of Trump, he's he's put us in a very different political place as a country. So there really is this kind of moment here where if there is, especially if things go our way in June, to think about our politics quite differently. Right. And of course, Charlie, uh, you know, the world we live in right now, we're probably less pro-life as a society than we've ever been. I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, legalizing euthanasia, not around the world, but here in the United States as well. So to have that difficult conversation to reach across the the aisle for people who kind of go, well, it'd be okay if people wanted to kill themselves. I mean, how do you even start a conversation about pro-life when people nod their head and think it's okay, you know, that people can end their lives when and if they choose? Well, I just I just came across this today, um, but we're we're probably old enough to remember when George Will was a big stalwart person on the right. I just saw a Washington Post column from him arguing in favor of physician assisted suicide. He called You're it kidding medic- me. No, definitely. Is that right, Charlie? Yeah. It, but it, 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 if you think about it, though, I mean, he was always kind of in the in the right of that era, especially. It's it's different now, post Trump, maybe, but of his of his time was very much about listen, government stay out of our lives, yeah, let people make right. their own decisions, autonomy, autonomy, autonomy. Don't you know? So it's he's not ways, a, he's not a man of faith. I know that. That's right. So so there is again this moment here. It's not it's not I mean is it too dramatic to say we don't even really know no. what a republican is or a, or a democrat is right now? I it's mean a, I think that's an evolving thing right now. It's an evolving thing. So so why can't we speak nonviolence and concern for the vulnerable into the political culture in a way we haven't before that would that would obviously talk about abortion and assisted suicide but a whole host of issues including frankly healthcare for for people and and especially vulnerable women uh, who needed especially prenatally to take care of their little ones um, when they're prenatal. So, I mean, there's just a whole host of things to say about that. But the bottom line is we're in a in this moment of ferment and and perhaps a unique, different way of looking at it. Interesting. Dr. Kamosi, always a pleasure. Thanks for your, your forward movement here on a very uh, tenuous subject. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you both. Dr. Charlie Kamosi, hey. Professor of Theological Social Ethics at Fordham University. I've been teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out, and I see grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, Hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the reality is the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually use somebody local, but today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now, usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. And one other advantage? Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. 
Journey Through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA say cotton regularly $109.99 now just $39.99 just go to mypillow.com click on the new radio listener specials get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the towels enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 but right now mypillow.com promo code is word Time for some celebrity birthdays, John. Oh, who doesn't love a celebrity birthday? I mean, we try to do it periodically. Test your knowledge of how old these people might be. We'd like to get your prediction, John. Just you come my knowledge. Scarily, you come scarily close to the uh, to reality. Mm. And so I've got two for you. Um, the first one from one of our favorite TV shows of all time, the three of us together. Um, it is Ed Helms' birthday, and he was Andy Bernard on The Office. Great character. I mean, a hilarious character. Yep. How about his acapella group? <laughs> See, I, I wonder if this is like, this has become sort of like a comedy staple where someone like Will Ferrell and yeah. Ed Helms, they have elevated like the clueless guy to an art form. Wouldn't you say? Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and ev- I mean, every- remember, when, remember when they go out, Christy, you should get it. Remember when they go out to do like the day away at the beach? <laughs> yeah. 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 And he ends up on the raft. It's right. just the best. How old today do you think Andy Bernard is? Uh, he's been around a while, uh, he's, but he's not that old of a guy. I would say Andy Bernard. Um, Ed Andy Helms, Helms, actually. Andy Helms. Uh, Ed Helms Ed is Helms. Um, 40, yeah, 40-ish. 47, maybe? 48. Hey, not bad. Okay, in the in the Ed- neighborhood. And also, uh, they're coming to America, Sweet Caroline. Neil oh. Diamond's birthday. Hey, is Neil today. Diamond, really, boy, Neil. Neil Diamond's been around since the '60s. I mean, that's what a career that guy's had. What is the deal with Sweet, Sweet Caroline at the sporting and events? Pitt? I don't know how that it's happened. It's not just Pitt. It's you. You go to other venues and you'll hear that. Why is I don't that? get it? I've, I, oh, I, I thought you know. Don't know. You, you would know that this is the definitive answer. Why they sing that? At I wish events. I could tell you. I mean, it spontaneously just arose. Are you a fan? Not at all. Uh, not even Neil Diamond. one little bit. Not one. Not at all. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes like it, it'll be like an earworm kind of thing. Like, uh, what's the song? Oh, Longfellow Serenade. What is oh, that? Oh, isn't song? that a terrible song? That pops into my head, and I'll walk oh, around just... the house and I'll sing it for five hours. 
Which is that, and that you can't feel better about yourself. After no, that. I don't mind it. I just sing it out loud. Oh, it's just rough. for myself. I feel bad for my okay. wife and kids, but you know everybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, since you bring it up, he's been around, like I said, since the sixty. Uh, Neil Diamond is eighty. Eighty-one. Oh, not bad. Okay, very well done, John Hall. Neil Diamond. Again, very nice. we salute you. I salute myself. Thank you. Longfellow's mm-hmm. <laughs> Serenade <laughs> and Sweet Caroline, Sweet. W- which we have no idea what that's all about. Anyway, good happy times birthday. never seem so good. Mm-hmm. Take a quick break, come back. That is the four o'clock Monday hour of the ride home. Five o'clock hour, what is ahead? Oh, polygamy. Oh, don't miss the talk about <laughs> polygamy during the five o'clock hour. <laughs> Do you need a wife or two or four? We'll talk about that next. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott in Brussels. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the alliance is strengthening its defenses in response to a buildup of Russian troops near Ukraine's border. Today we discussed um, Russia's continued military buildup in and around Ukraine. The risk of uh, conflict remains real, uh, and we continue to call on Russia to de-escalate and choose the path uh, of diplomacy. Russia amassing an estimated 100,000 troops near Ukraine's border demanding that NATO promise it will never allow Ukraine to join, and that other actions, such as stationing alliance troops in former Soviet bloc countries, be curtailed. Some of those requests, like any pledge to permanently bar Ukraine, are non-starters for NATO. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 695 points. This is SRN News. Before Bamboo HR... feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. Angels Light Addiction Specialists is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angels Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide the high quality of structured comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angels Light Addiction Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit inpatientaddiction.com. You probably wouldn't leave thousands of dollars on the table at a diner. Why leave thousands on the table with your tax return? Jackson Hewitt will help make sure you don't. This year, there are thousands of dollars worth of new tax credits. 
your Jackson Hewitt Tax Pro will help you track down every last one. So you get your biggest refund guaranteed. Don't leave thousands on the table this year. Discover thousands of dollars in tax credits instead. Learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. For tonight, snow at times accumulating 1 to 2 inches. Storm total snowfall 1 to 3 inches. We'll see a low of 23. Cloudy skies tomorrow morning with a couple of flurries, then a blend of sun and clouds for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 25. Mostly cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a low of 7. Bitterly cold Wednesday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 17. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. It's uh, some white snow out there right now. I don't know. Does it bother you, the uh, snow? You feel good about it? Well, I don't... As long as I can be inside, I think it's wonderful. But how many of us have the luxury of being able to be inside when it's snowing? Usually you have to go outside and shovel and you have to, you know, unearth your car and you have to figure out how to drive in it and all that. Then it becomes very complicated. Well, yeah. That driving thing. You put your people, put their flashers on. (laughs) Careful people put their flashers on, John. Careful people. Because you have to alert everybody that it's snowing. Oh, (laughs) hey, everybody, you know it's snowing. I better put some lights on and tell you. Whoa. Well, I think you're frozen. Oh, so we're going to get back into this argument again. Anyway, okay. So I, I wonder about this. Uh, I was thinking about <laughs> I do I do this stuff. thinking about friendships and over the course of this nightmare that we're you know currently ensconced in now going on the third year, the pandemic. Have you uh, let friendships wane? And and if you have, have you felt guilty about them or? In the extrovert person that you are, Kath, uh, have you really engaged thoughtfully in keeping those friendships alive? Uh, Yes and yes. Mm -hmm. But since I'm not an extrovert person, I'm actually an introvert person. uh, I have struggled to um, figure out how much of my guilt feelings are because I really need to reach out and how much of my guilt feelings just because that's not my personality i think it's a hard line sometimes wait so you have felt guilty about letting some friendships go away well not not letting them go away but just not being in contact 
I don't think I've let friendships completely wither, but certainly I have many, many friends, you know, who I just haven't seen in going on three years. Yeah, right. But have you talked to those people? Or? I have. I have talked to them. <laughs> those key me, phone conversations. Those key friendships. You know, text text messages. But I still feel guilty. I mean, it's one of those things I think about when I wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know, the things yeah. that that uh, you know take over your mental processes at three a.m. That at three p.m. never no. seem to you know be able to get a foothold. And I think, oh, I can't believe I haven't talked to them. I can't believe I haven't. You, how about I'm inviting people over your house, right? I mean, we, we did a lot of socializing this summer when we were outside, but now I kind of go, eh, uh, am I going to invite people over the house? You know, you, <laughs> you going to do that? I mean, you haven't no, been well, I, I can't do that because I don't have any furniture yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll bring a chair. I'll bring okay, like, BY, I'm telling you, BYOC, there's nothing wrong with I'll bring with one it. of those little canes sure. that turns into a chair, which is kind of like, sure. like, like that a lot. Right. Okay, sure. so you know, our renovations, our renovations are supposed to start Monday, John. Yeah. And how's today? Today's Monday. And yeah, but, it, but because um, my husband has COVID, we had to push it off another week. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. So I'll be over sometime, you know, maybe this time next year at your house. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll, we will start by then. Anyway, I saw a piece take small steps to rekindle friendships in the new year. And I, I guess this is, you know, people like you and I feeling kind of guilty or, a little leery about, you know, anyway, one of the things they talk about is what we just talked about, about managing your social worries, that everybody's been in basically the same boat. So don't feel bad about it, right? Uh, no matter, you know, the state of your relationship, everybody kind of w- would understand in some way, unless I, I do feel bad, like elderly, like your elderly relatives, like my Aunt Patsy. Hey, Aunt Patsy, mm-hmm. I haven't seen her for a while. And I think oh, I got to go see her, but then I don't want to go see her because I don't want to get her sick. If I have to, what, I'll I be the guy, like you know, that gets her sick. And then it's like, right. Johnny, you're the one who did it to Aunt Patsy. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you carry that the rest of your life, right? Um, so you adjust your expectations because everybody's in the same boat. Um, how about the um, the idea? Where are you reading from, John? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading from the uh, today's Washington Post, and uh, the uh, author is a, a woman by the name of Julie Franga. F-R-A-N-G-A, um, <laughs> managing my expectations, managing my social worries, uh, adjust your expectations. That She says, when, we, we, when you do re- reunite with friends, it's common to want to make up for lost time. Um, unfortunately, the pressure can lead to outsized expectations, such as wanting to tell your friends everything that's happened, everything that they've missed, or hoping, this is key, that the connection will feel the same and it just might not feel the same because people yeah. have changed. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for me to accept is that this whole pandemic era hasn't just been a semicolon and we can just march right on afterward. It's hard to accept the fact that it's been so long and there have been so many tendrils of difficulty, psychological, societal cultural, political, you name it, that people really are different. We're all different. It's, it's, and I, I, some part of that just seems irretrievably sad to me. Well, if anything, you know, this people are resilient, right? And, and the things that are important to you, you will continue to invest in. And will you? I, I think so. Yes. 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 If it's important to you, will you not? I, I, why would you let because it go I, if it was important to you? Well, but look, look, well, look at how many people haven't come back to church yet. I mean, they certainly thought they certainly would say the church is important to them. 
Yeah, that's wrapped up in a lot of other things as well, isn't it? But so are friendships, right? It's a, wrapped up in the same things. Is that I don't want to go out. I don't want to get somebody sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't, you know, it's, Politics, you know, it's hard to separate. My mother-in-law uh, suffered with a chronic illness for most of her adult life. And one of the things that my husband and I found really difficult um, as she aged was the fact that she she became indistinguishable from her disease. Wait. It was like you couldn't you, you couldn't separate them. How could you? If someone has you, a right. chronic long-term illness, it becomes them. Right. It becomes part of who they are. Well, this chronic illness that we have all been subjected to has become part of us. I think that's what I really grieve over. I'm not saying that we can help it, but I think it is I think it's really difficult to just look that in the eye and say, yeah, this chronic illness has become a part of who I am. Well, I was hoping, I think everybody was kind of hoping like, you know, someone would blow a whistle and that would be like the end of everything. This is the end of the pandemic and we're going to cross the line, but it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. Right. I mean, I remember being an actor and always like, you know, the big event was opening night, of course, for better or worse. But one of the great things about opening night was there was an opening night party. And I had these relationships with people that I would only see people at opening night. And of Mm. course, those relationships were totally different because they were always generally on a very high emotional note. There was they were very effusive. Now, what's going to happen if this doesn't change? Clearly, this has going to it's going to change this year. I I, I just can't imagine we're going to be in the same boat next year. I just can't imagine we're going to. I can't. I I, I can't believe we would be in the same boat next year. Right. We're going to have an opening night. We'll have an opening yeah, night gonna, party and, at some point. And it's going to be in March or April or something, don't you think? No, it'll probably be in June. That's what I'm thinking. June. I'll take okay. it. Believe me, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to complain. I just, it's like. And then, know. and then, I mean, what about the wounds of the, you know, the political wounds, the societal wounds? That's not going to go that's away the, anytime soon. So that's the chronic illness part, right? Is that we, we carry what we've endured during this era on with us to opening night. I guess because people have looked each other, you know, even though I love my friends, some friends you look out of the corner of their eye and you go, and they, I'm sure they feel the same. What happened to you? I didn't know that you felt that way about things or, and, and I'm thinking the same thing, right? It's exposed. Uh, uh, it's just exposed weird thought. People that you loved, you thought you knew, well, there was some underlying thing that they think about me and I think about them now. I don't know what that means. I don't know. It's very complex. I miss people. Don't yes. you miss friends? Yes. I really do. But then you think, if I missed friends, then on no. Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, I should make time. Yeah. But then, you know, as it, we just kind of go, well, it's too much hassle. It's too much. And it is. Too much anxiety. It is too, look at there's too much weirdness. Too much too anxiety. Much, yeah, it's too much I'm, strangeness. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think either one of us are trying to be hard on us. I think it's just complicated. Maybe we're being too easy on each other. Maybe. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Not hard on us. Too easy. Because uh, it's easy to stay home. Isn't it easy to stay home? Well, especially now, it's super easy to stay home. Between COVID and the weather, yeah. Yeah, Plus, it's going to be negative one tomorrow night. Get out of here. Yeah. Have some peanut butter. That'll make you feel better. Polygamy's next. 
101.5 WORD. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, the Parker kids thought their parents liked them all the same until they talked to Wyatt. Studies prove that parents have favorite children. So Olivia asks her dad directly, Who is your favorite child? (sighs) I don't have one. (laughs) Okay, I'm done here. It's hilarious and heartwarming family fun. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners, I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide, and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is, three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh, because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. What is quality? This is Greg Trzynski, and in a world where nearly everything is disposable, the original mattress factory still builds our mattresses and box springs to last. While other companies have cut on quality, we still hand-build our two-sided mattresses with the highest quality materials in our local factories. That's because we believe you deserve the best mattress to provide a great night's sleep for years to come. Visit an OMF location to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. OriginalMattress.com This is a very fragile conversation, I would think. The fragile conversation. And it's not something we talk about often in, in Christian circles, which is the, the concept or the practice, I should say, of polygamy. What exactly is polygamy and why is there in some ways a rise of polygamy in this country? Dr. Roger Olson is back with us. Dr. Olson's been with us over the years many times. Uh, he is um, the Emeritus Professor of Christian Theology at Baylor University, the author of over 20 books, including The Story of Christian Theology. But you'll find uh, Dr. Olson at um, at uh, Pathios, and uh, he wrote a piece called Should Polygamy Be Criminalized? And Roger, welcome back to the show. It's a very uh, interesting subject. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back with you. 
Yeah, Roger. So um, you saw a uh, news report on a protest that was happening at the Utah State Capitol. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually a documentary, I think, but I'm not sure. It was on YouTube. Others can find it and watch it. So a group of plural marriage or polygamy uh, uh, Mormons, so fundamentalist Mormons, they're scattered all over Utah and around this area. I live in Colorado now. And um, they want to legalize polygamy, which technically it's not legal right now. And so there's no way for them to actually have um, a plural marriage under the law. And, and in certain cases, a man can be arrested for having more than one wife. And I suppose the opposite would be true too: a woman if she had more than one husband. Uh, so they were demonstrating at the Capitol building to um, pass laws that would make it legal to have plural marriage. I see. So, and, uh, yeah. Roger, so you said technically it's illegal. Uh, you're saying that some of these uh, fall between the cracks, yeah? Yeah, well, there's some question about how much it's enforced. So I think there are laws on the books that haven't been enforced for a long time, at least not in, in a big way across the board with all these groups. Uh, there have been news stories about particular groups where there have been children involved. And, uh, you know, I won't name any names, but people are familiar with that because it's been on the national news. But uh, those laws haven't been enforced on all the polygamous uh, Mormon groups in Utah and and states around. Now they are tending to be enforced more, and these people were protesting that and saying we not only want them not enforced, we want them wiped off the books and other laws put in place to make our marriages legal. And I foresaw Roger, I, I said on my blog this was going to happen. Because you thought it was inevitable. Yeah. No, it is inevitable. Yeah, once we change the social concept of marriage, uh, it's going to affect everything. It's, it's like pulling a string that just unravels the whole tapestry, you know. Right. And so I said on my blog several years ago, you know, after the Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage, I said, well, this is the first step. Next is polygamy. Right. And then who knows what comes after that? It's inevitable. So 10 years down the road, who knows what the state of marriage will be in this country. So talk about then, Roger, about the idea of polygamy from the Mormon church's perspective. I mean, uh, the governing body, the Mormon church, to be honest, I know very little about. Uh, They have not uh, espoused from the pulpit that they are pro-polygamy, but there are some tendrils, as you're saying, that this still exists. Yes? Yeah, so the official church, the largest church, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, does not allow polygamy in their ranks. And that goes back to when Utah became a state. In order for Utah to become a state, the Mormon Church had to um, disallow polygamy among themselves. And so that happened back in the 1890s sometime. And they still, to this day, do not allow uh, plural marriage or polygamy among themselves. But there are groups that have broken off from the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, although they might say they've just always existed alongside of it, and they're true Mormons, you know. Uh, but they're called fundamentalist Mormons, and uh, I'm not sure that's really the best term for them. I'm not sure what is, but uh, they still practice polygamy. Roger, I don't feel... Mormon Church. Yeah. Roger, I don't feel qualified to have um, a conversation about the history of polygamy, though we know from reading our our own Old Testament that polygamy was the way it was. I mean, it was not ever the way God intended it, if you read Genesis, but certainly if you look at all the stories, the patriarchs, um, kings and chronicles, judges, polygamy was the way it was. Um, And so this, it's not like this part of our culture is brand new in 2022. No, and there are, there are groups around the world, of course, in other countries that uh, 
practice polygamy and it's legal where they are. Some Muslim countries and countries in Africa apparently do allow it. And uh, that's not a problem for them. Um, but Christians have long, uh, actually, I would say since the New Testament itself, have, have not allowed polygamy among ourselves. And this is my question that I brought up on my blog is, what is the church going to do when polygamy becomes normal in society? Which I think it will. I think it's inevitable. I think sooner or later we're going to see polygamous families on, on uh, you know, evening um, shows, entertainment, and so forth, just like we see gay marriages now. Uh, we're headed in that direction. What are the churches going to do? Are they going to go along with that? Or are they going to put their foot down and say, no, we're going to stick with tradition? Uh, I just think we need to plan ahead for that and not just wait until the bridge comes to us. Right. I mean, it, it sounds like wackadoodle, but I, I believe that you are right, Roger, that you know this is the coming age, that marriage now, uh, the lines have certainly been blurred. And so uh, what constitutes a union between a man and a woman or a man and a man or a man and multiple women and whatnot, um, and society will nod mm-hmm. its head and affirm that. Uh, but of course, the um, the church may or may not go along with that, right? I, and so, how do you how do you even plan ahead for something like that? I mean, you know, twenty years ago, the president of the United States was going, "Well, we don't affirm uh, gay marriage, and that's not going to happen." But but here we are. Uh, mm-hmm. and society has changed, right? And it's changing faster than ever. And uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, I think. Um, I think we may see a day when marriage just goes away uh, because it's too hard for the state to regulate marriage. So I think something else will take its place as far as the state goes. But I'm not as concerned about the state because I've kind of come to the conclusion that American society is secularized or becoming increasingly secularized, especially in the big cities on the East Coast and the West Coast and some places in the middle. My question is, what are Christians going to do about it? And I worry about that because I lived through the change in divorce among Christians. And once divorce became legal and easy and no fault, uh, after a period of time, even even conservative evangelical churches adapted to that and began to allow that without any question. Whereas when I was growing up, no evangelical church that I knew anything about um, allowed divorced and remarried people to lead in the church, for example. So we adapted to that. But I think without really wrestling with it, without any deep biblical theological discussion about it, and is this what we really want to happen? So I think that's what's uh, happening. I see it happening across the board in churches uh, with the gay marriage thing. Many, many churches have adapted to gay marriage and accepted uh, gay couples in as equal with everybody else without any question or qualm. What's next? Well, polygamy, obviously. And I've been saying that on my blog for years now, and finally I can say, see, and point to the demonstration in the Utah Capitol and say, it's here, it's on our doorstep. Now what do we do? Let's start talking about it. Let's, let's look at the Bible. Yes, the Old Testament permits it, but I have a theory about why. I think men were in the minority because of all the slaughtering that was going on uh, in wars and so forth. And I think God just allowed them to have polygamy because otherwise there would have been so many single women who would never find a husband to to protect them and care for them. But I don't Mm. think that's the case today. Right, but you bring up something important, Roger, which is, and this is is one of the reasons that I have hope just for general secularized American society even, is that uh, the, the younger generations are socially conscious and they are uh, concerned 
about equality. And if ever there was a justice issue, it's polygamy because women continually suffer in polygamous societies. Um, They they suffer a lack of agency. They suffer a lack of freedom. They suffer a lack of, of uh, economic individualism. Um, They suffer, you know, not being valued or honored or appreciated or, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it. So to me, um, I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as you might fear only because there are a, a lot of women who I think would stand up different than the women who were at that Capitol that day and say, wait a minute. This is not why. Why do you get to? Why do women have to subject themselves to sharing a man? Well, I hope you're right, but I fear you're wrong because um, what I see is a trend in the late 20th century in America, maybe even deeper back than that or further back, and that is toward um, putting individual freedom of choice at the top of the pinnacle of, of ethics and law, and. Many women in polygamous marriages are saying, for instance, at the capital in Utah, no, we want this. This is our choice. You have no right to tell us we can't. That's going to be pretty loud, and I think it'll drown out other voices in the end. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I believe this is a, not an issue uh, of restraint. It's an issue of freedom. The people will say, mm-hmm. this is how I want my I want to live my life, and if I want to choose to share my husband or my wife with X number of partners, that's none of your business. Right. That's the direction I see our society heading. And then there's the, also the issue of immigration, and there will be families coming to America that are polygamous in nature and, and practice, and, and they're going to insist on their marriages being recognized. Whether that happens or not in law, I still think the church is going to have to deal with it. But backing up, I don't think the churches have really dealt with the gay marriage issue yet. Um, I I know many have or say they have, but I'm not sure how how deep that's gone in terms of really digging into biblical and, and, uh, you know, Christian theology and, and asking, is this the right thing to do as Christians, or are we just accommodating the culture? Right. And so and that's the reason I bring up the whole thing is because of the gay marriage issue, really. And the accommodation of the culture, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it, after the Supreme Court made its decision and its ruling uh, that states had to allow gay marriage, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of Christians said, yes, and this is the right thing to do, who weren't saying it before that. And I, I fear that they're letting the Supreme Court make their theology for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just think this is, as you say, where we are. I mean, the, the church has done itself no favors. We, we shoot ourselves in the foot continuously, you know, in our poor example, in the way that, um, you know, church leadership uh, has failed itself through whatever, uh, you know, uh, just bad behavior from church leaders. And people have said, I'm not going to go to the church anymore. So over the decades, church attendance, of course, has dropped precipitously. And of course, the uh, the pandemic on top of that. I mean, our, our voice has been muted, certainly, than what it was even 20 or 30 years ago. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I blog about that all the time, too. I just blogged a few times ago, a few uh, blog posts ago about why church attendance is dwindling. I don't think it's just COVID. I think it's just a sense that people have that the church has lost its voice. Yeah, and that it doesn't right have that. a, it doesn't talk about sin and repentance and forgiveness hardly at all anymore, in my experience, except maybe fundamentalists do. But, you know, across the board, I don't think that Protestants do. And, uh, I, you know, let me, let me just say, I really respect the Catholic Church in this particular area of sticking to its tradition on marriage. And uh, 
I don't know that I would agree with everything the Catholic Church holds about marriage, but I do think that in God's sight, marriage is a sacrament, and it's meant for one the one woman and one man for life. And uh, I think that the Catholic Church is right in this case. Now, I'm not one to jump to membership and join the Catholic Church, as some evangelical Christians have done. I have no tendency in that direction. There are things about the Catholic Church I don't, I wouldn't fit. Um, but on this issue, I think they done the right thing and dug in their heels and said, we're not going to change our theology just because the culture around us changes. That's Dr. Roger Olson, Emeritus Professor of Christian Theology at Baylor University, where he held the Foy Valentine Chair in Christian Ethics and Taught Christian Theology from 99 to 2021. And he's been a faithful friend of the show. Roger, thanks for joining us again today. Thank you. A pleasure. You Dr. Roger Olson, polygamy. That's a very interesting, tenuous subject. We'll take a quick break. It's our daily feature, Does This Make Sense? That's next on The Ride Home for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, 101.5 Word FM. High school students are deep into the process now of choosing, hoping, applying where they are going to be as the fall semester gets underway at colleges across the country. And, you know, from your own experience, this may have been you, certainly was us. You start to think, uh, what do I want out of a school? How does this work? Where what, am, do I, what am I willing to pay for? Where do I fit in? What exactly do I want to be? At Grove City College, they say that you can pursue your calling to be transformed because an excellent education is really just the start. And you can discover your unique calling at Grove City to become a leader of purpose and principle in a Christ-centered learning and living environment. That's Grove City. It is. And it's one of those things that you should look into if college is in your future next year. Maybe if you're a senior, as you said, John, or maybe you're a college student who's interested in transferring to another environment, looking for um, another set of professors, new set of friends. It's worth it because Grove City is a small place, but it's academically rigorous. And the idea of pursuing Jesus while you're learning, while you're being encouraged to grow intellectually and academically, you can't beat it. Who are you? Well, Grove City College has the answers for you. Look online at gcc.edu, Grove City College. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? 
Hi! Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye! Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. For tonight, snow at times accumulating 1 to 2 inches. Storm total snowfall 1 to 3 inches. We'll see a low of 23. Cloudy skies tomorrow morning with a couple of flurries, then a blend of sun and clouds for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 25. Mostly cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a low of 7. Bitterly cold Wednesday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 17. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Mail delivery. Well, in the long range, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, right, the post office is going to go by the wayside here. We've seen the dwindling. You, know, you go to your mailbox, what do you get? Mostly junk mail. Ads. A few bills. Uh, I hate to see it go away. I like the mail. But it really doesn't make any sense. Do you think it makes sense? I want it to make sense. Yeah, you want it to make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Right. But I'm not convinced it makes sense. Probably not anymore. It's like the daily newspaper. I I want the daily newspaper to make sense. But the times have moved on. It's the revolution, you know. The computer's changed everything. And there's many... Many fatalities from that. So do we just submit to it, John, and just say, okay, we're just this is just another depersonalization in our society and we're just gonna well, take it lying down. I'll say this, I've gotten a lot of emails from you. I've never gotten a letter from you. <laughs> well now you've made it personal. I'm just saying that right there it is right there. We have never in our lives exchanged a letter with each other. But we've sent mm. thousands of emails back and forth. So it doesn't make any sense, Kath. Do you want me to send you a card? Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. Could you put a gift card inside of it? I'll check on you, John. All right, thanks. Just, you know, I'll okay. write back to you. All right, yeah, so I'm saying the U.S. Post Office, the Daily Mail does not make sense. About I don't think it week. does either, but I want it to. All right. All right, does this make sense? Heated walkways and driveways. Well, that seems like a luxury. Well, my neighbor has one. No way. And I look out the window and I think, oh, there's Jack. He's not out there shoveling. Because when the snow comes down, my guess is he's in his house. He flips a little switch. His concrete lights up. Boom. It gets nice and warm. He's not out there shoveling, man. I mean, that's cool. It makes a lot of sense to me. Listen, that makes all the sense. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's a big thing. I didn't know it was a thing. Sure it is. Yeah, yeah. You're building a new house or you just want a new driveway. That'll come up. It's going to cost <gasps> you some cash, obviously. But man, can you just flip a switch? You're not out there John, that would change your life. Oh, are you kidding me? Changed my life tremendously. Yeah, so I see that. It's a very expensive thing, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. But not to shovel anymore, if you could do that. Heated that driveways sense. or walkways. Very safe. It makes a lot of sense. 
I say yes, John. So if I'm walking down to the mailbox and find out I don't have any mail because the post office is gone, at least my driveway's heated. 101.5 WORD. The wear and tear of everyday life can really take a toll on your marriage. On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. Randy Schrader offers simple tips for a marriage tune-up. Practical steps for a closer relationship with your spouse. From appreciation to communication, next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry. Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Themilaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. When you were a kid, did your mother ever do anything that got your attention right away? That, like you stopped, stopped cold, and you were like, oh, I am here. Because I'll bring this up. Because, you know, seven kids, and my mom would always say, pick up this, pick, pick up it, you know. And I bet you maybe, maybe this happened four times when I was growing up as a kid. But every time, it crushed me. My mother would reach such a a, a point of aggravated exhaustion dealing with her seven kids (laughs) that she would stand there and she would burst out crying. Oh, my gosh. That must have been the worst 
thing to see. Oh my goodness! She was, hey, could you pick up? You know, she'd be able, and then literally, I mean, in all those years we lived together, four times, it just. But you could see why that would happen. I mean, the role of a mother with seven kids and the unbelievable exhaustion and feeling like you're the one who has to be the like driver of all the things that are happening. Yeah. So no wonder the woman, poor woman, Grace Hall, Grace, Grace Maloney, she cried. But I saw a piece uh, in the New York Times, and the headline is, These mothers were exhausted, so they met on a football field to scream. (laughs) Now, I can imagine my mom out in the football field at the 50-yard line crying, screaming. So the story is that earlier this month, about 25 mothers left their kids at home in suburban Boston Headed to a high school football field. One by one, they emerged from the shadows. They stood in a circle under the soft lights. And uh, a young woman who uh, started this whole thing, her name is Sarah Harmon. She was 39. She held what she called a primal scream gathering. And her clients all stood in this circle. And they just, for 20 minutes, they screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. <laughs> Oh, and then I like it. I kind of like it. I, whenever it was all said and done, uh, in, according to this article, they all felt pretty good about it. And they went home and said, we got to do that again. Because they're saying during the pandemic, moms, you know, you're shut in, you're in control oh. of everything. Your ki- you can't get your kids aren't even going anywhere for the most part. A lot of kids are not even back to school. If they, you know that I'm not going to tell you what the life you're living. But the, sooner or later, the steam valves has got to explode. So my mom's crying. These women gather together and they scream. And boy, don't you understand that? The pent up John, pressure. for all of for all the women listening who are moms who are in the city of Pittsburgh, between the like ridiculous, like unimag- like unpredictable choices of administration there about whether we're going to be in school or not in school or we're going to be virtual or you can come or you're you have to have a vaccine whatever it is right combining that with the horrible snow removal i mean wouldn't you like need to go out and scream your head off it's just too much it's too much okay so what about this this is um, so i'm reading this and i'm thinking this is really interesting you know and as an emotional person of which i am i get this 100 percent. i mean you don't, you don't have to invite me to a football field to go out and scream but at the same time you, when you see good and godly women and i'm not going to over spiritualize this but this is the truth women gather together and they prayed they pray together there's there's a flip side to this isn't there yeah, I, you know, I, I certainly, I, I think I kind of like it, the screaming thing, but when it comes down to it, you need to find a way a to make your thing work. Right. You just need to. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I can say that with uh, experience because, uh, you know, I have a husband and two kids and um, I spent a lot of time uh, caring for my for my parents as they were uh, aging, and there's a lot of complexity there, and a lot of difficulty, and all of that. And you have to, for whatever God's called you to do, you have to find a way to get to get through it. Right, right. It. Okay, so you know in, in I mean? this article, they're and saying screaming out screaming out on a football field is not going to is not going to make it go away and it's not going to fix your issue no but it's going to make you feel better for i mean better yeah, to scream at a football might. field than to scream at you know to scream at your kids 
Yep. Yep. That's true. Right. It's true. But what I'm saying is it doesn't fix the problem. It might be, it might be the pressure valve that you need, but you're still going to have to go back and figure out what to do about everything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and there are, of course, there are many ways, right? I mean, you know, in this article that I'm referencing, these mothers were exhausted. So they wanted to feel to scream. They say, you know, we're the new vanguard that, you know, uh, in the old days, you know, women would go to their closet and scream. Or, they'd mm-hmm. go to the ba- or, you know, women are going to go and they're going to get drunk together. Yeah. Right. Um, here, we're just going to go and, you know, scream together. It, it's Screaming's better. Short- you've seen you, you've seen the stats, John, of how alcohol usage has increased with moms um, in the last five years in particular. Right. I mean, it's just, just it's moms. through the roof. It's through the roof. Yeah. But moms, I'm just since we're talking about moms, um, there's been a lot of research done about women who have uh, school age children who are uh, having more than two drinks per night. And part of the like mom society is encouraging that is encouraging saying, okay, well, this was, it was a, it was a wine uh, Monday, you know, it was a bad Thursday. And so, you know, what had to happen. And this is just kind of a, it's like a, um, it's a social encouragement to continue to use alcohol as a deadening tool in your life and add the pandemic to that. And I think it's gotten really bad. I, I have several groups of friends where I've seen this as a reality and, um, I think it's something that we ha- we should really be concerned about. I think if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, well, I don't know how to make it through what I'm dealing with. First off, I totally get that feeling. I have lived that. I, I, I understand that. Um, all I can tell you is my way out was in-depth Bible study paired with weekly therapy. So it did it. But for the short term, no screaming? I mean, for, it depends on your personality. I would never do that. You're not a screamer. I would never. I would never go to. No, that's just nothing that would help me. <laughs> yeah, I don't see you doing that, right? No. I mean, you know, just. just but it might help some people, depending on your personality. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It's a choice, right? But it, it, it'd be kind of ugly, wouldn't it? Well, I, what I was thinking of is if <sighs> if you were the mom. I was thinking about you with Grace Maloney, hey, talking Grace. about seeing seeing your mom cry. Love her. I was thinking that it's not good for little kids to see their mom or their dad in a situation like that, where they don't seem to be in control. Well, they've lost control. That can be really damaging to little kids. Heck yeah, it is. Right. <laughs> which is also why, which is also later, why I'm mom, talking about it. Yeah. Which is also why it's not good for moms with little kids to be social drinking. You know, that's, that's not good for your kids either. It's not good for you. Right. You know, it's the age we live in. There's no doubt about that. Right. I mean, it's, I don't know if people are making it through the pandemic, but, you know, we're entering into year three. Anyway, uh, we do have a choice, especially if you're a believer in Jesus. There is a strong circle of, of people in your local church, women especially, and in prayer groups and Bible study. I, I, I say that without reservation, yeah. right? I've seen this. Oh, it's- yeah. And I, I feel like I need to make a statement. I'm not, I feel like I misspoke there. I'm not saying that all social drinking is bad. But I'm saying if you're using, if you're a young mom and you're using your social drinking as some kind of panacea for the difficulties you're experiencing as a mom, I think that's where a red flag goes up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that. 
I mean, people get together and have a good time and they have a drink or two. That's what the heck, of course, right? That's the social right. lubricant that, you know, you know, allows things to move forward in life. It does. But yeah, your point's well taken. If you're using it as a crutch and it's too much, yeah, then you got to know. You got to make a change. Anyway, um, one of the changes, uh, I was reading about people saying, well, I'm not going to, uh, 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 I'm not going to go out and drink like I used to, but I'm still going to gather with my friends. And part of that gathering is cooking and baking, which. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are doing that. I mean, who, who doesn't want to do that? Now, so I was thinking about baking because in, in my house, you know, uh, I am the chief. Um, um, I'm not the cook, but I'm the cleaner, mm. which I, I like to clean. You know, it's just part of, you know, sort of growing up in, in our household. We, we were cleaners, despite my mom crying. But I wonder about this. Uh, I saw a piece. How to care and clean for your sheet pans and worry less oh about how they look. Okay, so our sheet pans, you know, we've got like maybe, I don't know, 15 of them. We get a lot of them in different sizes. And they, to the right of our sink, there's a little skinny cupboard and they, they're jammed in there. Now, our sheet pans, they are not pretty. They are brown and funky and beat on and, you know, they, they have weathered thousands and thousands of cookies and whatever is going to sit on top of those things. Yep. But I wonder, do you worry about how your sheet pans look and do you clean your sheet pans well? Yes, I do worry about, I mean, I don't worry, not like I'm waking up in the middle of the night. But you see about them and you go, pans. oh, that's unsightly. But I do think, I do think, I don't think I'm really keeping up with those in the way that they should, because they looked very nice when I bought them. And now it's just, you know, after, you know, tons of broiled salmon, not to mention the cranberry oatmeal cookies, it's just, they've had a lot of use over the years. Are yours brown and dark? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They look like, they they look ugly. They look uncleanable, right? But they are clean. I know, I personally know that they are clean. But, I, I scrunch them. they don't them. look clean. They look brown and, and funky. But I know yeah. for a fact that they are clean. I mean, you okay. know, at some people, you know, you know how it is when you buy a new car. If you, you know, a new used car, you kind of go, "Don't let anybody scratch it. Don't right, keep it." Right. You know, you you never wash it. Keep your car washed. I want to keep it. Right. But then over time, things happen. You know, there's a nick here. There's a bump there, and it's you just that's eh, okay. Yeah. I'm, that's mm-hmm. the same thing with your sheet pants. You just got to right. surrender to it and go, they get used, right? I mean, things happen to them. And it, I think. Okay, so do you, do you have a magic bullet? Like, is there a way that you've read about to clean them? No, there's no magic bullet. If you if you put them in the dishwasher, you know, even if they're like the aluminum ones, they're going to get, you yeah. know, they're, they're going to get scuffed. That, that sheen will come right. off them. Right, right, right. But what's recommended, how to clean and care for your sheet pans, the best way is the scrun- the green scrungy with your yeah. dishwashing liquid. Okay. And, that's what we're doing already. And, and so we quick swipe. So your fam Right. Okay, we should be okay. So I'm just bringing this all up because, you know, whether it is screaming at the 50-yard line, social drinking, or gathering together, you know, and making cookies or whatnot with your sheet pans, just relax a little bit. Everything's going to be okay. Seriously, everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. sooner or later, especially if you'll believe in Jesus and you got to get some sheet pants. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, break. coming up next, how'd our picks from Friday turn out, John? We're going to talk about Oh, it. I had a bad weekend. I had a You really, sure did. Oh. I had a bad weekend too, John. Oh, I just, you sure did. Ooh. Talk about that next. You know 
what you could do? You could put in a massive swimming pool in your basement. And fill it with Skittles. Ah, oh, Skittles. And there'd be a big light-up slide. And you could slide headfirst into Skittle heaven. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a Skittle paradise could also be cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Angels Light Addiction Specialists is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angels Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide a high quality of structured, comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angels Light Addiction Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit inpatientaddiction.com. Losing sleep over a stressful job or a bad boss? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Connect on the Express Jobs app or ExpressPros.com. More than half a million people find work with Express each year. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Well, it's a football Monday, which means we have to look back at the picks we made on Friday and see how things are going. And let me tell you, friends, it was a big weekend for Kathleen. Oh, man. Yes, it was. Bad weekend over here. All right, so we don't have a whole lot of time, so I can't go into all the particulars, but I will tell you that we... um, we picked the Penn's Blue Jackets to start with, which was Friday night. And, uh, John, you got two points out of that job. God bless you. Because not only did you pick that the Pens would be winners, but you got the score right. Thank so you. you got two points out of that. So nice job. Um, Christy, uh, you and John both bottomed out when it came to the Bengals-Titans. Um, that wasn't good. The three of us all bottomed out because we all picked the pack over the 49ers. Um, you guys also, sadly, bottomed out in the Tampa Bay thing. Mm-hmm. So sad for you guys. And, um, John, you also uh, picked the Bills. So, sad day for you, John. (laughs) (laughs) 
too bad. So sad, so sad for Johnny. Yeah. So too that bad. means that for the weekend, uh, two points for Christy, two points for John, and four. Four. Wow. For me. Four for me. All right. Which, yeah. So um, here's the big news um, that there's been a change. That now, at this point, the running total is that we have Christy and John tied at 21 and oh, a half. Oh, man. Yeah. And I've pulled ahead at 22. What? No. What? <laughs> How can that even be? How did you vote ahead? No. The- I have all of the proof right oh, here. I have all the numbers. Gracious. She's giving herself extra scores. What the heck? You know? No, I'm not. Well, I'm congratulations. There's a bit of joy here. I thought there was no way you were going to catch up, but the week we were going to crush you. But Don't right. count me out, John. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. There's still time. No Monday Night Football. What are we going to watch tonight? I'm going to watch a recording of the game from last night. Oh, it's sad. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.